inside the one-yard line. This time, Wilson keeps it himself. Gets a nice block on the edge from Brady Christensen. Their one-man wall leads his quarterback into the end zone. And a design sweep for Zach Wilson and an easy walk-in touchdown for Zach Wilson. And the BYU offense is rolling. Yeah, that, that pretty well sums it up. Uh, that pretty well sums it up right there. Zach Wilson and the BYU offense is rolling, did roll, and uh, they, they rolled UCF right on down the road there into 2021. Welcome in. It's your BYU postgame show right here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Austin Horton here with my guy Brian Brown. Later, we'll head to Boca Raton and speak, or Boca Raton, depending on who you are, tomato, tomato. And we'll speak with uh, Jake Hatch, uh, and uh, we'll uh, get you some sound from uh, BYU as well as uh, we carry on here. But you are the star of the post-game show. Post-game shows go as you go. So call 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Light those phone lines up. Cougar fans, let us know. How, what you enjoyed about this game, what you enjoyed about this season. Uh, who's your season MVP? Who's your game MVP? Though that one's really easy. And maybe the other one, too. Who, uh, who you feel is promising for next season? What your biggest might have, what might have been's are for this year? Whatever you got. 855-340-ZONE. But we got to start right there with Zach Wilson's performance. The dude was uh, a dude. In tonight's game, and yeah, it's his final game for BYU. I, 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 it's fun as a fan out there to to wish and pretend and get your hopes up and think, well, maybe, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he can improve his draft stat. No, 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 no. Zach Wilson, uh, in my opinion, played too much tonight <laughs> from a standpoint of his future as an NFL quarterback. But he didn't do anything to hurt his draft status tonight, so that's the other trade-off there. 26 of 34, 425 yards, three touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground, zero interceptions. Kyle Whittingham, a BYU Cougar alum, so I can use him here in the BYU postgame show, always preaches about passer rating, passer rating, passer rating, passer rating. The NFL passer rating stats... In my opinion, better than the college. What we'll, I'll give you the NFL here because Zach Wilson, his college career is over. He's going to be in the NFL next season. His NFL passer rating tonight, 140 freaking seven. 147 is his NFL passer rating tonight. To put that in terms, uh, an average performance in the NFL is between 88, 93, somewhere in there. The leader in the, in the NFL this year is Aaron Rodgers at 118 a game. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Ryan Tannehill, I want to see it right behind at 110. Zach Wilson was 147 tonight. Now, I'm not saying that he'll be a 147 passer rating in the NFL. Not what I'm saying at all. I'm just simply using that to show you how nearly perfect a game at quarterback Zach Wilson played uh, this evening there in Boca Raton. 49-23, your final BYU puts the uh, the exclamation point on a dramatic, wild, crazy one for the storybooks season in 2020. Eight five five three four zero zone to be part of the show. Eight five five three four zero zone. Little on air producing here, Brian Brown. I'm gonna send you a link to make sure we're on that Zoom call. Oh, I got happened. it. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Good. Great, great, great. I am a crafty veteran of the BYU postgame now, okay. Austin. Okay, wonderful. I'm sitting here going, I don't have a link. I don't have a link. How are we going to get on this thing? That's why you ride with the brown bear, man. Like, <laughs> I got you. Snacks, we're good. I got snacks, snacks. in the back. I got snacks. Snacks! Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, another great game from Zach Wilson. A terrific season from the young man. I remember a couple years ago when he's just a, a young baby-faced freshman and not a baby-faced uh, junior that he is. Oh, I got to make sure I get this computer on mute. You caught me. I was watching the game on ESPN.com. Uh, the uh, Zach Wilson Jr., still baby-faced, but back when he was a baby-faced freshman, uh, and he had that moment at Boise State where he made a, a crucial mistake on the goal line at the end of the game that cost BYU really uh, a chance to win there on the blue turf. 
and uh, I remember saying, I, I believe at the time with Tony Parks across from me, how uh, we both felt that that moment was going to be looked back on as a moment of great growth and, and learning for Zach Wilson and that he would have an explosion the next season at quarterback. That didn't really happen last year for Zach Wilson. A lot of it had to do with injury. Uh, and anytime a quarterback misses time or has injury, it, it, there's not just physical injury, there's mental uh, uh, capabilities are, are weakened or, or lessened. And you have to look at David Derek Carr right now. I mean, he's on the comeback still after some injuries. But last year was not as great as I had anticipated it would be for Zach Wilson. Then we looked at the schedule that was upcoming in 2020 for BYU, and we all went, okay, this will tell us exactly what the, uh, the Cougars have in not just Zach Wilson, obviously, but across the team, but Zach Wilson specifically. And then the pandemic took care of that and said, nope, no, none of that for you. Uh, the big five, the power five conferences, two of them quit uh, and then regretted it and, and decided to play a football season. Uh, three of them continued on, but they still canceled games uh, with BYU and BYU was left without anything. BYU was the only team west of the Mississippi for most of the year that still was planning on playing a college football season at the Division One level this year. And the Tom Homo and, and the crew put a, put together a season. It wasn't the toughest schedule. That is as nice as I can put it. And Zach Wilson did not get to prove himself all season long against the true competition, the true level of competition that I believe his talent deserves to go up against. That being said, tonight he went up against a pretty good team, not an amazing defense down there at UCF, more of an offensive uh, production there with the uh, the Golden Knights this year. Uh, the Golden Knights, the Knights. No, I'm taking that from Army. Don't don't. Oh no, Army's the Black Knights. Excuse me. So UCF is the Golden Knights. We're golden. Yeah, we're golden. <laughs> uh, but he still went out there. He proved his worth. He went. He went. Uh, what, what was he? Twenty six of thirty four tonight. Incredible night for for Zach Wilson. And uh, he proved that he is everything that we thought he would be. But there's always, I guess there's there's always going to be that what if with Zach Wilson and with everybody on that BYU team this year. But that's not what tonight's about. Tonight is about celebrating for you BYU fans to get on the horn and let us know who's your season MVP, who's your game MVP, what did you like, what did you dislike, what was your favorite moment from the season, what's your biggest what might have been. This is a celebration of Cougar football tonight because as I told Jake Scott and Gordon Monson back in August, BYU uh, often takes a backseat on the topics, not because anyone has an extra grind with BYU or dislikes the Cougars, but because the Utes usually have a better, more interesting, top of mind, uh, 10,000 foot discussion being in a Power Five conference. Now, when BYU as an independent plays those Power Five teams, and especially when they win, then they force the conversation back their way. But this year, I really wanted to make sure that we gave BYU its due airtime because they said in the face of the virus, we're going to still play football. We're still going to turn out a product. We're still going to give BYU fans and, and sports media and sports fans everywhere something to watch, something to rally around, something to root against in, in some cases. And I really thought they deserved to be rewarded for that. So while it wasn't the toughest schedule in the world and it wasn't what could have been, they put together a 11-1 and now 12-1 mark. Uh, no, 11-1 mark for the 2020 season, and that's to be commended. And Zach Wilson, go make $25 million in the NFL draft coming up. Question for you, Austin. Yes, Brian Brown. Did Zach hurt his draft stock by coming back for the second half? No. I don't think so at all whatsoever. Uh, had he got injured, yeah, he, he, he'd, be, he'd be coming back to BYU next year, in my opinion, if he got injured. Well, maybe not. That, that may be a, a hot take. But I don't think he hurt his draft status. He didn't, like, suddenly climb up into the top five picks in the draft tonight either. I just think that he, he went and said, this is my final game as a Cougar. 
Kalani Satake said this is his final game as a Cougar. And look, we're projecting, we're speculating on that, but come on, let, let's be real. I and think he wanted to go out for that speculation. Yeah, yeah, and he wanted to go out with an exclamation point, and he did so. Did he do, do, do so against the greatest uh, defense in the world? No. But I love the story that gets told about Jordan Love, and I think it's Scotty, yeah, it is Scotty that tells all the time where all these NFL scouts were coming to Utah State games to, and practices to watch Jordan Love and to get, uh, get caught up on this young phenom and, and what's he going to be at the next level. And Jordan Love had a, a ho-hum average, in some cases below average game in this particular case, made some big-time mistakes. And Scotty went and asked one of the NFL scouts that was there that night, did this hurt Jordan Love's status? And the scout more or less wrote it off and said, there's nothing that he can do statistically here on this field tonight that would hurt or improve his draft status as an NFL prospect because we're not looking at the box score. We're not looking at touchdowns versus interceptions at the college level. We're looking at the entire picture. So Zach Wilson, he is gonna, he's going to go where he's going to go in the draft. This bowl game was not going to change that. Jordan Reed, who I believe you follow on Twitter, I also follow him, tweeted out earlier, it doesn't matter the kind of competition that Zach Wilson played against this year. The throws are there. They're NFL-level throws. And what I really loved about his game tonight was he came out and just lit the defense on fire right from the jump start. He was in control. You know, for people who thought he maybe he struggled against Coastal Carolina, I think he's come back with two consecutive performances where he's just been lights out. And I don't know how you look at him – and, and his style of play, the way that he's ignited that offense and led the football team and think that he's not a first-round prospect. Yeah, well, he's yeah, definitely first-round. Do you think he's a top-10 first-round prospect? I think that's always a, a bad misnomer because teams have needs, and I don't know that every single team in the top-10 is going to need a starting quarterback. I also don't know that he's necessarily day-one ready to start in the NFL. I, I think a little bit of seasoning is going to help just just sit for six games somewhere where you can go kind of like Tua Tango, Tango Vailoa did this year with Miami yeah, yeah 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 where you have a good defense someplace like that and that may be the better scenario for Zach is to go go to a team where the surrounding cast is better and then he can come out and start like gangbusters like he did at BYU absolutely so I'm excited for Zach Wilson uh I, I think that he will I think he'll have a real shot at the NFL to prove his to prove that he'll be a, a good quarterback or not. I think that he is not going to have the Ty Detmer NFL career in either good or bad way. I don't think he's going to sit on a bench of 16 different teams and have a 15 plus year career in the NFL holding a clipboard. But I don't also I don't perceive him being a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL either. Somewhere in between there, I think. But the bottom line is. A kid that grew up, as you know, wanting to go to Utah, didn't get that opportunity, settled in his own words back in the day for BYU after spurning Boise State and uh, turned in enough of a performance in three seasons to warrant a first-round pick in the NFL draft next spring. Tonight was not just about Zach Wilson, though. Uh, it's hard to talk about anybody else because of how stellar he was. Uh, but uh, the the uh, receivers had a nice night. Isaac Rex, I think, is scary potential. Uh, not even really potential much anymore. He's just really good and a walk-on. And I always have a soft spot for walk-ons. You had a terrific play by the offensive line. And Brian, you mentioned the Coastal Carolina game and how some people were knocking Zach Wilson uh, for that game. I really put that more on the offensive line that day. Uh, which it was very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of what we've seen from that offensive line, but they responded big time tonight for BYU. Do we have a final on the sacks allowed tonight uh, by the Cougars' offensive line? I believe that would be a big fat zero, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I missed one here and there, but we'll get we'll get that stat as soon as we can. But it, no, nevertheless, they gave him time, they gave him windows, they gave him opportunities, and he and those receivers uh, uh, cap, 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 capitalized. Excuse me on those moments. One sack allowed tonight. But one sack. I think the more important thing to measure with the BYU offensive line tonight was the amount of damage that they did on the ground in the run game. Yeah, in the run game, if you looked at halftime. 
there was not a lot of run game, but where there was, it was working. It, they did whatever they wanted. Zach Wilson was running all over the place, sure, but the, the tailbacks really got their heavy work done in the latter half of the third and all of the fourth quarter. But still, they were paving the road. I, I think uh, I saw someone tweet out at one point, BYU in midway through the third quarter was averaging 10.5 yards per play. Yep, that was our own Jake Hatch who tweeted that one out. So, and that just, that, the UCF defensive coordinator is probably updating his LinkedIn profile right I now. I joked so. that Josh Heupel was writing down on the sideline things that he needed to do for his offense while watching BYU. <laughs> okay, we'll take that. We'll use that. Ooh, give me that one. Yeah, kind of an a la carte there for UCF. But we need your phone calls, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Let's get out to our first phone call tonight. Who's your season MVP, your game MVP? Who? Uh, what, what, what's your favorite moment from 2020? And our guy Parley, always supportive of his Cougars, is here on the BYU postgame show. Good evening, Parley. How are you? Parley, you there, buddy? Yeah, can you hear me, guys? Yep, we got you. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, what a special season. What an amazing year. Uh I think my MVP of the season, funny as it sounds, is Tom Homo. Because in a COVID season, when the the world is crazy, he gave us uh, 12, 12 games to watch and to focus on something other than what's going on in the world. And it, and it was pretty special. And Wilson is just I've, – I've been watching BYU my whole life. And I've never seen BYU have a quarterback like him. I wish him all the best. I hate to see him leave. He's just so fun to watch. And it's just been such a special season. And then Wilson's just, he's just so fun to watch. I wish I had 12 more games to watch him. He's just, he's just special. BYU doesn't get quarterbacks like him very often. Thank you guys for all you do. Thanks. Thank you, Parley. Thanks for listening and all season and calling in and, I know Parley will be back next year supporting uh, his Cougars. And there's a few thoughts there from Parley that I want to talk about as well. BYU, now Parley said he's watched BYU his whole life and hasn't seen anyone like Zach Wilson. I I don't know if I'd go as far as the complete package that Zach Wilson has turned in at BYU we haven't seen the likes of. But I will tell you, I don't think a a quarterback has shown up more prepared and more ready than Zach Wilson did at BYU. I think he epitomizes what BYU wants as a program in terms of development. He's a guy who who really worked hard, focused on his craft, was super dedicated. And I think if you take him as a true freshman and extrapolate his career, that is exactly what you want and want the, the BYU football program to exemplify. A player who took his skill set, maximized it, and made the best of it, and turned it into a wonderful opportunity at the next level. Absolutely. And uh, Kalani Satake saw that. Aaron Roderick saw that and saw an opportunity those first few moments there at BYU together to swoop in and, and tell Zach and his family, we know you cheered for the other logo. We got it. I coached at the other logo. Both of them could say that for years. Well, we both played at this logo. What we're about is keeping our jobs, winning games, and getting you to the NFL with a lot of stats and legacy left behind in college. And though the red logo didn't want you, we can do it better for you than Boise State can. Come on down to Provo. And I'll commit, I know, I grew up here too. I grew up amongst the rivalry. I saw, I see it every day. I saw it every day growing up. I know that those allegiances run deep and run thick. And here's a little secret for you. Uh, a lot of people who are out there claiming to be uh, nonpartisan, as it were, find themselves a little conflicted on the day that the Utes and the Cougars match up. Oh, I think without a doubt, he's, he's become an incredibly... I don't want to say divisive figure, but powerful figure within the rivalry because Utah fans look at him this year and they want him. They wish he was their quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, this year in particular, sure. Uh, and and I feel like he should be... Now he's, no, he's not a hero for doing this, but I'm sure that took a lot of humility and a lot of maturity for him to set the, the childish things aside that sometimes go with rooting for a logo and say, no, what's best for me is to go to BYU and to turn in a good career and get to the NFL. And lo and behold, he's done it. And especially tonight with his incredible performance, 
437 yards, I think, tonight for BYU as they win at 49-17. We'll be getting you some sound uh, from uh, Boca Raton. We'll have uh, both BYU uh, coaches and players to hear from. Jake Hatch was at the game. He'll give us a few minutes later in the show to tell us what he thought and what he saw. Right now, it's your your time to shine. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Uh, as we also look across uh, the board of, of this performance, the BYU defense held a UCF team that averaged, I think, 44-some-odd points a game this season to just 23. And I remember we were talking this afternoon on the big show, Gordon and Jake uh, and myself, and, and we were saying things like, if BYU can hold UCF in the 30s, that would be a win. That, 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 would be a, that would give them the best chance to uh, get a, a victory in the, in the bowl game and put a, a nice little bow on the 2020 wild ride that has been. And lo and behold, they held them to just 23 score or 23 points scored. Uh, well below their season average there uh, for the, uh, the Knights of Central Florida. And so the defense is to be commended as well. And I, when I look at BYU and I try and project to next season – and, and going forward from there, I really think it, it's going to depend on a couple things. They're going to reload their quarterback a little bit. I would anticipate that Romney or, or Jaron Hall will find themselves as the starter, and they've got experience, so you're not completely starting over there, but they're not Zach Wilson, uh, which is wild to say also because there were a lot of people who last spring were like, do you think uh, Baylor Romney might start instead of Zach? Well, come on. Come on, that's that was ridiculous, especially in hindsight. Uh, but the defense, I think, is going to be really key for BYU, and they've got some really good youngish talent on that side of the ball, and they showed it tonight. Brian I think. Brown. I think with that one, you really have to look at the first half too, because this game was so lopsided so early on. True. And when you look at those comparisons, BYU had 434 yards to 227 for UCF. They really didn't have any drives. Just. I mean, really one big drive there in the first half and then just kind of a chip shot field goal at the end. So a, a really solid effort. Now, obviously, you want your team to play all 60 minutes, but I, continually, you t- or BYU, oh, my goodness, yeah. I'm going to get it. <laughs> hey, you you host locked on youth. We got it. it it's going to be hard for you. Tonight. This transition is hard for me. I appreciate everybody's <laughs> patience. But, uh, you know, you look at their first half drive chart and it's punt, punt, downs, TD, punt, field goal, punt, punt, downs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's you can hang your head on that effort. It's been a difficult year. I think there are a lot of teams that aren't even bothering to go to bowl games because they're so emotionally exhausted. And for this defense to come out sort of an unheralded defense because the offense has been so prolific because Zach Wilson has gotten so much attention for them to come out and put this kind of stamp on a game. I think that's a great sign going forward. You're going to lose some talent, but there's still a lot of good young players on this defense moving forward to next year. And it should give BYU fans a ton of hope. Absolutely. And it, it partly said what a special season for BYU. Now, I don't need to I don't need mean to put words in Parley's mouth or or uh, interpret his words differently than he meant, but there's a few ways to take the phrasing and, and the, the moniker of special season. And I would agree and I would slightly disagree on different takes off of that phrase. I would agree with it being a special season because it was just that in the express definition of special. I don't think we'll ever see anything. I pray to, to all powers above and, and below whoever's listening that we'll never see a season like this again, meaning a pandemic driving the season and the, and the decisions. And in that sense of the word, this was a very special season. Then you'll look at the success that BYU enjoyed, and that was special because it's been a long time since BYU had such success. Where I would slightly disagree is I think that there would have there are seasons in the recent past where BYU had uh, you know seven and five year that I think was more special from a talent talent uh, opposition talent standpoint than this season was. But I can't I can't demerit. BYU's football this year because they did it. 
during a time when no one else was doing it other than the big, big, big teams in the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. Big 10 and Pac-12 came back with their tails between their legs going, can we still play, please? And look, I, 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 I'm being exaggerative about I get that there's real concern there. But then they dragged their feet to get the season going in the first place. And BYU from day one was like, we don't know how, but we're going to make a season happen. And even if it means we have to schedule the last teams available, we'll schedule them, we'll travel, we'll pay all this money, and we'll get through this season. And then they turned in a, an 11-win year. Yeah, I think it paid massive dividends for them to do exactly what you're talking about. Let's not forget that Amon Ross St. Brown did more to get the Pac-12 season in, in action than their own commissioner did this year. And I think that's a huge credit to Tom Homo. It's a huge credit to that football department as a whole. They fought through a ton of different things, and it, I think it's paid massive dividends for them this year their recruiting class was just loaded with talented in-state kids several there that i would have loved to see play at the university of utah Uh, and so the choice the dedication of this team this program the leadership from kalani sataki i don't think any of that can be understated especially as you're talking about one of the more successful BYU football seasons in recent memory and and they deserve all the credit in the world for everything that they've done uh you know it is definitely a time to celebrate I I think you saw a lot of stars emerge from this team Dax Milne I will be behind that guy until the day I die he is an absolute joy to watch I'm actually really glad I didn't have to compromise my feelings by watching him (laughs) play against the team up north you know, so team up north. BYU fans, be proud of this team. Be proud of the leadership that the players uh, showcase. Be proud of the moments that they had on the field where they represented your university in a way that was so positive that it had so many people on board and rooting for them. I thought Isaiah Kafusi, uh, you know, is one that stands out to me. I've done a lot of these post game shows. I've listened to a lot of his commentary. You know, if those are the kind of leaders that BYU is sending out into the world from this football program, we're in a much better place than we were coming into this year. 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE. Cougar fans, you get the win 49-17 over UCF. Uh, I was not as fired up about this bowl game as I am usually in, in, as we look back in the years in the past. I usually love bowl games, especially the local ones. Uh, even the the non the, the beefo Brady bowls and all the, and all that nonsense the the angry lawnmower bowl it's a bowl game it's extra football it's fun this year it's especially fun when there's a bowl game but I still I wasn't as fired up about this one tonight going into it uh, and I f- I was wondering if Cougar fans were kind of uh, on a letdown and I I was wor- I was wondering if the BYU football players would would uh, come out with the same fire as they would have three weeks ago. That Coastal Carolina game was a real sucker punch. And I, I, I wanted to see, uh, I, I guess I was just kind of worried that this game would fall completely flat. There were two ways this was going to go. This was going to be uh, a really close, really fun, classic game, or one of the other teams was going to blow out the other one. And luckily for BYU, they happened to be the ones blowing out the opponent tonight, 49-17. Brian's keeping an eye on the post-game availability for us. We'll get that uh, live. We'll get that live in your ears as it happens. We're watching. We're monitoring UCF, uh, and after they speak, then BYU will take their turn. It's not uh, divided. They're not going at the same time like it has been all year. The bowl is presenting this post-game availability this time around. I'm going to go ahead and say that the bowl was not as prepared as the communication staffs for university for this. Is it not going well? Uh, it's different. I'll just put it okay. that way. Okay. Well, stay tuned. I can't wait to hear how the BYU post-game sound sounds if it's, uh, as Brian Brown puts it, different than it has been. And by the way, just take a, I'll take a quick moment here to send a congratulations. I, I sent a congrats to the Utah SID staffs uh, a couple days ago, Utah State, BYU, every single one of those people, and they've and each department has had hardship and seen uh, job losses and really good, hardworking, talented people lose their gigs and take it from someone who's been through it this year. It's really, really difficult to see your friend and your coworker, who in a lot of cases might be even more talented than you are, 
lose their gig and you hold on to yours and still keep your focus and still keep going hard and strong. And these SID staffs, those that are still employed and those that unfortunately lost their jobs need to be commended and given a ribbon and a congratulations on a job well done in a crazy, crazy landscape. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number here on the BYU Postgame Show. 855-340-ZONE. we got a couple uh, holding on. We'll take a break. You hold tight on the line. There are lines and lanes still open, though, for you. If you've got thoughts, and I know you do, who's your season MVP? Who's your game MVP? When you remember the 2020 BYU football season, what will be the first thing that jumps out in your mind? And what's something that uh, years from now we'll look back on and go, we overlooked that, didn't we, in 2020 for BYU? Still to come, post-game sound, Kalani Sitake, Zach Wilson, and more. Jake Hatch on the ground in Florida. Brian Brown producing. I'm Austin Horton, 855-340-ZONE. We'll be back. So not only does he have 3,500 passing yards this year, you can give him another touchdown pass. 32 on the season as Isaac Rex does it again. The true freshman tied in. Going after is up and good. It is 28-7. 49-23, your final in Boca Raton. BYU and Zach Wilson with an emphatic exclamation point on the 2020 season. I, earlier, I shorted the Knights of UCF uh, that late touchdown where they failed on the two-point conversion. 49-23, though. 26-point win there for BYU. Joining me now, the legend himself, a man who uh, has followed Zach Wilson's career from before he was a college quarterback, Patrick Kinahan, PK, on the line with us. Thanks for staying up late, bud. Really do appreciate it. What are your initial thoughts, reactions, takeaways uh, from a bowl game that was BYU from uh, start to finish? Well, the Cougars went out the way they entered the season. I mean, we know that they destroyed Navy on Labor Day, and then here they go out a couple of days, two or three days before Christmas, and I don't think they could have been more impressive. I thought this game was going to be tight. I thought BYU was going to need to play well and not turn the ball over. I thought the defense was going to have a hard time stopping these Knights yeah. from UCF, but no, that's not, that's not right at all. BYU totally dominated, man. I don't think you can ask for them to do anything more than they did. What What do you think is the, the fire behind tonight's performance? Is it simply that they feel like they deserved better and then let themselves down against Coastal Carolina? Or do, do you feel they just wanted to send Zach out on a nice note? What, what do you think was the motivation to absolutely blow the doors off UCF? I think that it was to show the country that they're a really good football team. They had a lot of people defending them, and most of our guys on the station included, and then they lost to Coastal Carolina, and so they wanted to regroup, and they had a nice win against San Diego State. It wasn't dominating, but San Diego State's defense, it's tough to dominate. It was a freezing cold night and all that stuff. We know all those particulars that were involved in that game. This time here, they knew that this would be the only college game. There was no NFL game. You had a couple NBA games in the NBA season it's not quite as long, but still a long way to go before the playoffs get started well into next year. So if you want to watch some college football and watch someone that I think has gained a plenty of attraction nationally and people are they know about Zach Wilson. So why not if you're a football fan and, and if your team uh, an NFL football fan, too, and your team has a potential high pick. Why not check out Zach Wilson? So I think all those things the Cougars knew about, and then it was the end. It was the end of the most unbelievable season, all things considered. And so put that all together, and it was clear they had a ton of motivation to go out the right way, and they did. Boy, did they. Hold on tight for us, PK. You got an early morning, so we won't keep you here too long or too late. But Kalani Sitake is, has sat down. We'll take a few minutes of him and get your. We have this game of football to, to play, and, and I know there's a lot of people that work um, really hard and, and uh, to get us to play this game. And, and I hope they know how much we appreciate them. And uh, I'm speaking for our players and for our coaches, our program. We're, we're thankful for this opportunity to play the game and, and uh, really enjoyed our, the whole season. So thank you very much. I'll take any questions you guys have. Our first question will be from Jared Lloyd. Jared, go ahead. Sorry about that. 
to this different uh, this different system. Sorry, Kalani. Talk about the way your defense played in that game. You knew how good UCF's offense was and the way they came out and held them to 10 through much of the game, scored a couple late. But talk about the way that defense performed. Yeah, I'm proud of Coach Tuyaki, Coach Lamb, Coach Hadley, Coach Guilford. Um, that in, in, uh, you know, in connection with the uh, graduate assistants and the analysts that we have on our team, on our coaching staff on the defense side, did an amazing job. So really thankful that we were able to have a great game plan. I felt like we were disruptive as a team. Uh, obviously, we felt like we had a lot of plays out there that we could have made, but you have to give credit for UCF and and uh, for Gabriel being able to uh, you know, run. <laughs> He's athletic and being able to find ways to create more uh, time for himself on, in, in the passing game. Run game got out, of, uh, got out a few runs, but I felt like we were able to corral it for the most part and not, not uh, allow them to break big ones. But really proud of the defense. Uh, I would have taken 23 points in a heartbeat if you told me that before the game. And, um, and even with that being said, I was still frustrated at the end because I felt like uh, we, we gave up we gave up too many easy plays. And then a lot of that has to do with um, some fundamentals and technique and really just got to get these guys to finish games and finish strong. So I think it didn't really matter what the score was. We wanted our guys to keep playing. And, and we got some valuable reps in that second half for a lot of guys that they grew up a lot in this game. So I'm looking forward to them performing next year. All right, we'll go with Jake Hatch. Yeah, Kalani, give us some of your thoughts on Zach's performance. 425 yards passing, five total touchdowns. What'd you make of him out there? Yeah, he's a great player. But I've been, I mean, I think everybody's talked about him a lot, and and, and I, I hope he knows how much I appreciate him. You know, we believed in him, Coach Roderick, and um, you know, done a great job with him. So, I, I but I, I'm just so thankful that that I get to coach that guy. His work ethic and his passion for the game is is awesome, and. Uh, it's an honor for me to, to be his coach. I'm, I'm really proud of him and the things that he can do on the field. I mean, he, he had a great no-look pass. I don't know if you guys saw it, but this guy has got – and I've seen him practice that a lot. So it was really cool for it to show up in the game because he was torching our defense a little bit throughout the year in seven-on-seven with that throw. And I mean, he's got a lot – he practices all these type of throws, and, and uh, he's got he's just got a bag full of different types of throws that he practices. And, and for him to have that – be able to form – and young, he's got a lot of, I mean, he's got a lot of years of football left. All right, we'll go to Jay Drew. Kalani, uh, where were uh, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos tonight? And I'm assuming Aaron Roderick called the plays. And just what did you think of his play calling? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into details of uh, what happens with us. I mean, this year, you know, I never went into details with um, people that that aren't aren't here, and so I'm just gonna, I'm just going to be general, Jay, and just say that um, this has happened every week. We've we've never been full strength as a staff and as a team, and so you know we had to um, we missed some people on the field, and and uh, their their uh, our depth had to fill. We 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 pride ourselves in getting uh, better depth this year, and and we had to test it quite often. And then uh, this week, this bowl game wasn't any different. So. I'm glad that we were able to make plays and get the win. But uh, that, that's kind of what 2020, the season, has been for us. Never been full strength. And um, not complaining about it. That's just what it is. Everyone's in, having to deal with the same thing. I, I'm just thankful that I have guys that love playing the game of football. And they love being here. And, and it showed tonight on the field. Last couple here. I have one from KSL. Yeah, Kalani, this type of season that you guys can build off of going forward into 2021 and, and beyond is a, is a program shaper, if you will. Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't really matter the, the the wins and losses. What matters is the progress that we're making as a program. And, um, you know, the, the, for me, I, I know that's what fans look at, but for me, it's, it's I'm, I'm seeing a lot of progress made over the last few years, you know, and um, – we were really excited about this season because we knew we had a deep team and, and you know, as, as, <laughs> as it looked, we had to test it often. And, and so I'm just really proud of our players. And I think this is going to be a huge step forward for a lot of young guys that made a lot of plays and that have a bright future here at BYU. And, and we're going to have to lean on them heavily as we go into the, you know, the next season. There you go. Kalani Sitake, head coach, BYU. They get the win 49 49- 
23 in the, the bowl game there. Uh, P.K. Kalani said a few things, of course, about the uh, the reasons why Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, and I was reading J, uh, MP. Uh, Coach MP was also not present. He didn't say what it was. There's been a lot of speculation. Reading between the lines there, I would guess it's an illness-related absence. Uh, get your thoughts on that. But also, quote, we believed in him about Zach Wilson, and you know for sure the, the backstory of how Zach Wilson and BYU came to be uh, attached. Uh, and it was it was kind of out of the blue, wasn't it? And now look where they are now to together. Yeah, that was James Empey. You're speaking of the James starting James. center. Uh, yeah, there were some issues there with this thing that's going around with the offensive line, and then they had some contact tracing and all that stuff. Uh, they choose that's their I – I guess it's their policy – I'm not sure what's going on. You know, we obviously we saw Devil Sweeney come out and say Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to play those couple of games because of the contact tracing. And so they want to I don't want to say they want to play games, but they want to keep it the way they're doing it. So so be it fine. Uh, But yeah, as far as that goes, uh, Aaron Roderick did step in and he called a whale of a ball game. Absolutely. I mean, he's been he's been an integral part of this team. He was also an integral part of getting Zach Wilson in there because the situation really played out well uh, because Zach in high school wasn't getting a lot of run early in sophomore, junior year, and he was going to Weber. He went to Weber camps to try to get some get some momentum, you know. Not to say, well, at least you can play at Weber because I happen to think if you get a scholarship to play at Weber State, you're a pretty doggone good football player. I think that's a fact. And so Fessy Sataki was at Weber State, right? Aaron Roderick uh, Wilson was going to Utah camps. Aaron Roderick was at Utah, we know. And then sure enough, both of those guys get hired in Provo, and they had longstanding relationships with Zach Wilson. So it was sort of a confluence of things, and it really worked out. And then Kalani comes in and seals the deal, gets the kid to come to a visit on campus after he decommits from Boise because I think he wanted to stay local. Obviously, his family is heavily, heavily involved in the kids' football. His mother is very active on social media. They go to all the games. She is? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Younger brothers, uh, one already at BYU, another committed. So he wanted to be there. He wanted to be home for Sunday dinner, as they say. Mm. And it just really worked out in a manner that is beyond what we all thought. You know, I had... I know the guys down at Corner Canyon. I've known them for a good long while. And, you know, they have told me that this kid, and he was cocky and all that, but <laughs> nothing wrong with that because he was good. And he was really good. And we have seen it here. And now salute the young man as he goes off into the NFL. And it's up to him from this point on what he's going to make of himself. Hopefully he gets in the right situation to display his talents. Can he be great? I'm not going to say he can be. I'm not going to say he can't be. Mm. We're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be fun. But what I am going to tell you is that BYU, this kid was an outstanding quarterback. That throw that he had, they scored so many that I'd have to go back and look. But it was Pau in the right corner of the end zone. Pau was covered, man. He was blanketed. And Zach put the ball right in Pau's belly. And the defender couldn't. It's like, wait a second. I had this guy covered. And that's the type of quarterback he is. He's got moxie. He's got talent. He's got brains. He's mobile. That's why he's going to go high in the draft, Austin. Well, and speaking of high in the draft, I was telling Brian earlier, I didn't think that how he performed in this particular bowl game would affect his status one way or the other. Well, the New York Post just posted a story. The Jets may not be so sad that they aren't getting Trevor Lawrence after this performance tonight. Now, that's a little sensationalism <laughs> there from well, the New York what, Post. But. That's what the Post is going <laughs> for. Well, who's to say? Yeah. You know, They'll have plenty of time to scout the young man going forward, and I think they're going to come away impressed. Yeah, and you never know how things work out because we've seen quarterbacks, you know, the Aaron Rodgers thing, oh, he didn't go number one and he dropped. Well, yeah. Uh, Green Bay isn't exactly crying, and neither is Aaron Rodgers because he's on the first train to the Hall of Fame, (laughs) obviously. So you never really know. Not to say Alex Smith was bad, but he's not obviously Aaron Rodgers. And Trevor uh, Lawrence looks awesome. There's no doubt about it. 
But that really has no bearing on how good Zach Wilson can be. Trevor Lawrence can be the greatest quarterback ever, whoever lived. Maybe he will be. But Zach can be really good, too. And so if the Jets and Jacksonville, we'll see how that plays out. What do they still have? A couple more ball games to go yeah. in the NFL. So we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, you might end up with a really good quarterback uh, if you're drafting second, should Zach Wilson go that high. It seems outrageous to mm-hmm. think he would go that high, but I'm not going to count him out because it's pointless to count him out because he proves everybody wrong every step of the way. At what point will I no longer feel guilty about saying maybe his stats this season were a little inflated because of the competition? At what point will we will we uh, be no longer feeling guilty about that? Yeah, see, that's the point. And I've been speaking with some people that know a whole heck of a lot more than I do. And they're talking about, all right, you look at that, These guys, they haven't played the best competition. Well, it's quarterbacking. And quarterbacks, some of these guys, now the SEC and teams like Ohio State, for years they just turned around the quarterbacks and handed off, right? And so you didn't see big-time quarterbacks out of big-time programs. You saw the quarterbacks from lesser schools, right? Kurt Warner, man, he played at Northern Iowa. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's in the Hall of Fame. I realize Carson Wentz got benched, but obviously he didn't play at a big school. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Mm. You mean to tell me the teams that BYU played this year, Josh Allen played much better competition? No, that's not the case at all. And that pass that I just alluded to, well, in that particular case, if you're Alabama, you are not covering the guy any closer because Powell was covered completely. And Zach put the ball 35 yards, whatever it was, in the air, right in the kid's belly at the goal line. That's the type of stuff that they're looking for. And yes, you have to factor in competition to a degree, but that's what these guys get paid for, and they can work through that because we've seen a number of great quarterbacks who've not been at big-time schools. I think we're seeing more big-time schools have really good quarterbacks that go on in the NFL, but it's sort of a recent phenomenon, and there's been plenty of them going back over the years where that's not the case. As you know, my favorite quarterback of all time, Phil Simms, went to Moorhead State. Ron Jaworski went to Youngstown. Should I stop now, Austin, or do you want me to continue? <laughs> well, I didn't actually, I did not know that your favorite quarterback of all time was I was just Phil made that Simms. up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did go bad. to Moorhead State. But. <laughs> I felt bad for a minute. I thought I knew you so well. Here we go. Uh, now, uh, but as we look at uh, the, the season that was for BYU in this game that took place tonight, it's not just Zach Wilson that will be departing early uh, before graduating. I think you're going to see uh, a few other names. Matt Bushman, I think, will go somewhere, even though we missed this whole season. Matt Bushman's gone. He's already signed, and he's going to be he's working out. And he's okay. got an agency and all that That's stuff. That's probably yeah. the right thing to do with his age, yeah, being a return missionary. He's, he's got to get going, yeah. Uh, so. But Brady Christensen, also return missionary, is he not, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, he is. And uh, he's he's graded really well this season. And the guy that missed the game tonight, James Empey, he ought to be headed out of there too, shouldn't he? I would think both of those guys on the offensive line, absolutely. Those two in particular. MP has been a three-year starter from day one. What more does he have to prove? I don't think he has to prove anything. I can still remember two years ago being up in Idaho at the Potato Bowl, and they played Western Michigan, and the Western Michigan coach took time out of his press conference to talk about how great James Empey was. Mm -hmm. Who outside of the Western Michigan coach and Hans Olsen (laughs) are going to tell you how great the center is, right, in a post-game press conference, right? That's right, And he did. Hmm. He did. And I remember it specifically because I was sitting there, and I know Mike Empey, his dad. I've known him for a number of years, and I actually texted him right then and there to say, hey, man, this guy's just pumping up your son. So, yes, I answer your question. I think both of those young men will go into the NFL this season. You might as well because you have an opportunity to make money, and I say go make it. Absolutely. I'm with you. All right, final thing, then we'll let you go for the night, and we'll catch you at 6 a.m. bright and early tomorrow with DJ uh, in the morning. Uh, When we look back on the season of 2020 for BYU football – Zach Wilson will probably be the first thing that jumps out in our, in our minds as far as gameplay goes. 
But what, as a thesis statement for the 2020 season that was for BYU football, what can you, uh, what can you put down? Two things. They played 12 games when the conference that they want to be in barely played at all. Mm. Blithering idiots, and I'm speaking of the Pac-12. Secondly, along with their greatness, because there were plenty of great moments, I think there will forever be a nagging question. How great could this team have been against the original schedule that included, I believe, six power fives? I'd have to double check that. And obviously Houston, Boise State, San Diego State. Those are three good group of five programs. So potentially, arguably, at least on paper. And I really can't say, well, look at the Pac-12 and how good or how bad these guys were based on three or four or five games that they played this year. It's not fair to them. So I don't really know how good those other teams would have been. But I do know on paper they had a great schedule. And I believe they would have had a lot of success. And throw in Minnesota and Missouri. And clearly we believe that those teams are, you know, their power fives, but BYU could have had some big-time success against them. Michigan State also. Who's to say this team couldn't have gone 11-1 and against that power five schedule? I'm not going to say they could have, but I'm also going to say, I'm not going to say there was no way that it was possible. So that nagging question literally will linger forever upon the two 2020 BYU football team, which is not a bad thing because if you didn't have that question linger over over you, that would mean that, well, yeah, they really weren't that good. No, the reason why the question lingers is because of COVID and because they were a great team. If they were an average team that had two or three losses, we wouldn't have that question lingering, but that's not the case. The reason why the question lingers is because they were a great team. Well said, and and a conversation for another day to, to, to build off that might be perhaps that's the way you go about independence question mark you guys can uh, chew on that on a show at a later time and i'll catch you in a conversation when i see you next but because i don't think it's a bad thing like you said to wonder what 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 might have been it's not a great thing but it's not a horrible thing either yes and you and i we don't see each other as much anymore because I haven't been there. But when I, because I have not been there, when I do see you, I'm going to say to you, Austin, (laughs) been away, haven't seen you in a while. How have you been? (laughs) (sighs) We we were so good. It was such a great 21 minutes with you, Pat. And and then, uh, and then that, uh, bah humbug. Merry Christmas to you. Thank All you right. for, for doing that. appreciate it. We'll catch Absolutely. you at six. Okay. All right. That's PK. The, the most lovable, most, it's, he's so annoying and I love him for it. It, it tears me apart. We'll get uh, some yes. sound right now. In fact, Zach Wilson just sat down. Let's hear from the star of tonight's game. Your last game that you've played at BYU. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm going to meet with my family and go through the pros and cons and we'll figure it out. All right, uh, Mitch, next. Yeah, Zach, what's the timeline for a decision when you plan to resolve that? What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's kind of a rush. I mean, I'm probably going to enjoy the Christmas break and uh, discuss with coaches and um, discuss with my family and, f- and figure out what's best. And, um, you know, obviously it probably has to be before the, the new year um, at some point. So, yeah. Uh, you know, we'll just see from now until the new year. All right, we'll go with Jared. And uh, folks, just a, a quick uh, request that if you're not uh, asking a question that you mute your microphone so we don't have to hear people typing. So we'll go with uh, Jared. Lloyd. Come on, Zach. It wouldn't be this year if you didn't have people without being muted and having trouble with the Zoom conference, right? So I just wanted to talk about the game. Um, it looked like you guys... You know, you kind of took a lot of underneath stuff, let your receivers do a lot of things, yards after the catch. What did you see there that kind of allowed that to really open things up and have a lot of success for the offense? 
Yeah, you know, they're a great defense, but we, we noticed on film that they struggle a lot with, uh, you know, crossing routes, mesh stuff, uh, stuff underneath. And so we had a lot of success with it um, as part of our game plan going in, and, and they struggled with it um, down the stretch. And so the, the goal was to get it out to, to those playmakers and let them make plays. All right. Uh, up next, I believe we had Charlie, Charlie McCarthy. Thank you. Hey, Zach, uh, obviously a lot of good things happened tonight for you and the team. Uh, when you look back, what's going to be the, the one thing you take away from this this win tonight? Uh, yeah. You know, the, the love that we have for each other. I think uh, the excitement that we had to play this game um, was special. Um, you know, just looking around and soaking it all in was was the coolest part. You know, we'll never have the same team again with guys, you know, taking off next year and things are always different. And, um, you know, just soaking it in with this team. You know, I love these guys. And that was the that was the best part is that we came out with that excitement and energy and guys were excited to play. How was it like just having the ceremony on the field with really no fans in the stands? Sorry, what was that? The, uh, I saw the team on the field getting the trophy. What was it like having few, you know, few fans in the stands for that? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, shoot, tons of BYU fans there, right? I mean, that was impressive for us. Uh, we haven't had a ton of games this year where they were able to attend, and so um, it was awesome for us to be able to uh, experience having having them there. You know, it shows how important the BYU community and, and culture is uh, to all of them, and so uh, great to have them there. Great to have our families there um, and friends, and um, just an exciting moment that we'll remember forever. Last couple here for uh, for Zach Ben Criddle, and then we'll wrap it up with Mitch. Zach, a lot of elite throws tonight, but can you walk us through the play call, uh, your progression, your thought process, and then execution, the throw to Neil Pau um, to the end zone? Yeah, you know, great, great play calling all night by Coach A-Rod and, and Coach Fessy and, um, you know, Coach Clark, you know, all those guys had to work together with Coach Grimey and uh, Mateos out, but um, great play call there. We called an out and up with Neil. We cleared out the corners, uh, press man. We were trying to make the, the guy press on Neil feel the ability uh, to undercut the out routes. So Neil set it up perfectly and, um, you know, by the looks of the play, I knew, I knew it was a ball I'd have to anticipate to get there. So uh, I tried to just drive line it right as Neil uh, cut up the field, hopefully stick it on his body because the, the window wasn't too big. So that was the thought process there is um, they're an aggressive man team and is really trying to take advantage of uh, the out and up. Uh, we got in a couple outs on them. And so uh, Neil did a great job of catching it and, and scoring right there. Last one here. Yeah, Zach, uh, for me, it's been a pleasure covering you guys this season. And just kind of finally, what's the defining characteristic of this offense in, in 2020, in your opinion, as it closes the, the chapter of the season? Yeah, you know, amazing offense, and I think it's just going to keep going from here. Um, it's been an exciting, you know, year of 2020, but also tons of ups and downs. And so, um, you know, great way to finish this way, but this offense is just going to keep improving um, into next year and the year after that. we got some great coaches and great players around that um, are used to the scheme and, and know what we're uh, asking for. And so uh, it's been an exciting year, but we're going to keep growing on it for next year. All right, Zach, thank you very much. Thank you. Our post game press conference. Thank you to all the media for covering the. All right, all right. you're welcome. You're welcome as as a part of the media covering there. Uh, thank you, Boca Raton uh, people that are. A special uh, thank you to whoever was pounding it out on the keyboard there. Yeah, someone was. Uh, uh, I believe they had a typewriter uh, from a museum just. <laughs> and uh, Florida man, it's going to be the best recap you've ever read that you won't read. All right, uh, coming up next, we will get uh, we'll check in live in Boca Raton if he's sober with Jake Hatch and then we'll wrap up uh, the 2020 season that has been for BYU right here on the Zone Sports Network. Second down and three. BYU can get that first down just inside the one-yard line. This time, Wilson keeps it himself. Gets a nice block on the edge for Brady Christensen. Their one-man wall leads his quarterback into the end zone. And a design sweep for Zach Wilson and an easy walk-in touchdown for Zach Wilson. And his BYU offense is rolling. Brady Christensen with the road paving. Pavement work, Zach Wilson with uh, the road smoothing work. Welcome back. The Zone Sports Network's coverage of BYU's bowl game win, 49-23 over UCF. Calling out to Boca now, trying to get a hold of the uh, wonderful Jake 
Hatch, Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter, host of Locked On Cougs, Locked On Cougars, uh, producer for now. Eric Jensen's been filling in nicely, but producer for now on the DJ and PK show in the morning for the last seven years. And uh, I don't know if he, why he's not answering, but I, I guess what happens in Boca stays in Boca. But uh, oh, Brian Brown, your mic's on. Brian, your mic's on. <laughs> he answered the phone, locked on Utes. <laughs> I'm trying to steal Jake. Jake Hatch is with us now, live from Boca. Jake, uh, you know the honor code still applies there in Boca, right? It does. Yes, I I, I, I acknowledge that. Okay, so so you're you're sober. Joining us. Yes, I am sober. Okay, great. I am sober. All right, uh, those tweets we saw earlier uh, with you and Dwayne Hoskins, I guess, were just photoshopped. Huh? Correct. Yes. Okay. Now tell us uh, how what was the atmosphere like? You were there live, and uh, who's yelling at you in the background? I don't know who was yelling at me in the background. I, I do not know the answer to that one. But for having only six thousand fans in the stands, I thought there were was a pretty good crowd. Uh, split pretty much down the middle. UCF fans were on their side of the field behind their bench. BYU fans conversely behind their bench. But both fan bases early on in this game having some fun. BYU took over pretty quick. And the Cougar fans had the time of their lives, it seemed like. The New York Post had PK on. I ran this by him, and we kind of had a laugh at it. But maybe there's some level of truth to it. The New York Post uh, just put something up that said perhaps Jets fans We'll get over Trevor Lawrence real quick after seeing tonight's performance from Zach Wilson. Do you feel like his status changed tonight, or was he going to go where he was going to go anyway? Uh, changed? That's, a, that's actually a good question, Austin. I, I think that, I'm good for uh, one a decade, so I'm marking that one down. Well, that, that's a good question, though, like because I, the Jets, obviously, yeah, with them winning on Sunday, they've lost control of that top overall pick and presumably <laughs> Sorry. opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence, but... I think that uh, I think Zach's probably still solidified himself as the top half of the first round in this game. But I'm not sure that how much of his perception really changed. What was your uh, your moment in 2020 that 15, 20, 60 years from now you'll look back on the season and uh, 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 encapsulate what BYU football was about this year? I'd, I'd actually go back to the Boise State game. BYU, that, that field, speaking of Albertson Stadium, has just been a shock of horrors for them. They have not been able to win a game up there. And I thought that the opening touchdown run on the opening play of the game from Tyler Algier set the tenor for that entire contest. And after that, BYU just rumbled to a victory. I think this is a big-time offense, an opportunity lost in losing that game against Coastal Carolina to really see what they might have been able to do in a potential New Year's Six matchup. But I, always, I think I'll kind of look back at what happened – on that field and blue turf up there in Boise, kind of that would be the epitome of this season for me. How do the uh, people in Florida take to wearing masks? Um, well, let's put it this way. There's less adherence based on what I have seen in my time here uh, than I've seen in Utah. So Utah's doing a good job comparative to what I've seen in Boca so far. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the news all summer long would point to that idea as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then fi- finally uh, here for you, because uh, Brian and I would like to go home. Uh, when BYU holds an opponent like UCF to 23 and that final one in the fourth quarter being kind of a non-score, uh, Kalani said he was upset about it, but really it, it was whatever. Uh, when they hold an opponent that score averages 44 plus points a game like that to 23, does it give you uh, more uh, confidence in the defense next season than the offense? Uh, in a way, it does. I think you'll have to see uh, who ultimately comes back. A guy like Isaiah Kafusi was asked tonight if he was planning on coming back for a quote-unquote super senior year. He says he's unsure. If some of those guys do come back to BYU – Kyra's tongue is gone. Let's be clear about that. Kyra's is going to the NFL. But I, some of those guys come back, and based on what they did tonight, Austin, I do think that there is an opportunity uh, for the Cougars to build off of this performance. It was a pretty dang good performance, all things considered, on defense. Yep, they've got some uh, young guys, too, that uh, will be back for sure next season that I think are really exciting and really talented. But we'll catch yep. your coverage uh, when you come back. Uh, we'll get your uh, Locked On Cougs recap there on the uh, Locked On Sports Network of podcasts. And when are you? Are we, are we seeing you here after Christmas again? 
Um, I will be home tomorrow evening. So I, I think we're off radio-wise Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, I guess I'll get to well, you guys on Monday, right? We're, we're off. I don't I guess you okay. haven't opened your email. Uh, oh, Brian and I are off. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, but, uh, I'll let you find that out on your own. <laughs> okay. I will pull up my email right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Safe travels and uh, be well. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. That's Jake Hatch. Uh, he claims he's uh, sober. I'll, I'll take his word for it. Uh, there in Boca Raton. Uh, and it was a fun night for BYU fans. It was a fun, wild, memorable season. There were ups and downs and twists and turns. You had Jake Hatch say he'll remember that moment against Boise State, getting the what used to be an elusive win for the Cougars on the blue turf. This is also BYU's first win in program history in the state of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I believe. I don't think they've ever won a game in Florida before because the Miami game was in Provo back in 1993, 91. When was that? But was I, it 2018 that they played UCF there? In or Florida? U, was it USF? They UCF? lost to South Florida last year in that's Florida. Right. And so that's, I think they've now got their first win ever in program history in the state of Florida. They beat Boise State in Boise State Stadium for the first time ever. And uh, then they also had a classic, I'm sorry if that's rude, BYU let down by not beating Coastal Carolina. I think they're a much better team than the Chanticleers. That, though, also came with a caveat of late notice, late travel, not a lot of prep. Uh, and uh, they, they got punched in the face and kind of let that. But they, I like what Hans said earlier this week. BYU was the bully that finally got punched and didn't really do anything about it in that game. I still think that the bully is stronger and better than the person that stood up to him that day. But when you look back on 2020, 11 wins in a 12-game season when no one else really was playing 12 games, especially uh, not outside the SEC and ACC, BYU can uh, put a feather in the cap on 2020 and let the haters hate and the uh, the good times roll. All right, that's going to do it for the BYU postgame show. DJ and PK will be back bright and early at 6 a.m., to uh, recap this one as well in their own way. Hans and Scotty, 10 to 2. Big show takes you home 2 to 7 tomorrow night. You've got the first regular season game of the NBA year for the Utah Jazz tomorrow night as well. They're at Portland. So stay tuned. Big, big full shows, uh, full lineup of shows tomorrow. Lots to talk about, lots to react to. For Jay Catch and Patrick Kinahan, Brian Brown behind the glass, I'm Austin Horton. Be well. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the zone.